Welcome to Sung's Garage. Now, this is more than just a place to work on cars. This is a place where I'm able to connect with people, talk story, and share them with the world. Today, our guest on Your Car, My Car is Sean Lee from The Purist Group. Now, Sean is a big car guy, but he's even a bigger contributor to his community. Now, he shares with us where his passion and helping others came from. A lot of kids out there are suffering, and they, a lot of kids might, that kid might be another Sean Lee, or might, that kid might be another somebody that can make the world a difference. You know, I, I, originally I do it, just, I do it myself. I didn't want to, you know, think it's going to turn out this big. Sean also treats us to a rare 1987 RX-7 FC. 10th year anniversary edition and all the incredible factory parts. So this yeah. is actually an original Enki for lightweight that actually has aluminum uh, spare tire. Enki? Yeah. It has yeah. Enki wheels? Oh yeah, my Enki. God. That's a spare Yo, tire. And for all you JDM guys, he also shares with us a really cool story about street racing in Japan called the Midnight Club. To qualify to be in Midnight Club, you have to be keeping up with them going 300 kilometers on the highway. Yeah, which is almost true. Yeah, it's 200 miles plus. Yeah. Today, we're also joined by Joey, the previous guest from our first Your Car, My Car, as my co-host. So I hope you enjoy. All right, be good. How you doing, Sean? Doing good, doing good. Just hanging there. And, uh, and uh, you know, this lockdown and... For the past 30, I started locking down on March 6th and I came back from Sweden to do some ice driving. Then since then I locked myself in uh, till about last week. So last week I started, I just can't stay in home anymore. I just, I just go and do something. So I started getting a lot of supplies from friends. We started delivering to hospital. We started go help the police and the sheriff, uh, make sure they have a PPE item to use. So I've been doing all that delivery, uh, you know for them then i have a friend that's actually works in asahi beverage and just send me a bunch of supplies and for me to send it out so it's pretty awesome wow yeah that's amazing man using this time to do something positive and make a contribution you're always doing that you know oh, well. so yeah where does that come from sean why 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 do you feel like you f you always have to be you know doing something like that like you're one of the few people i know that you know, are always so proactive. You know, when I first met you, you know, you meet a lot of talkers in town, and they always talk about doing this and that, and being yeah. this guy and that guy. But you know, they don't walk the walk. But consistently over the years, I see you always making an effort. So tell us, where does that come from? Where so does the sand come from? Yeah. So when I was a kid, uh, first of all, my parents divorced when I was five. So when I was after five, my custody belonged to my dad. So my mom left Taiwan. And came to the United States. So since five five years old, I was with my father, and my father is very physically abusive. And we're not talking about just slap on your hand type of abusive. Uh, he picked me on the wall, and I was five six years old. I remember that. Picked me up on the wall, throw me on the wall, hit me with a pen. So a lot of my even till today, a lot of my head, it's uh, in different shape because you know, however, it's been broken many times. So from there on, from five to fourteen. Uh, I really, you know, since five five years old, I never seen my mom again. I really want to see her. I think she can save my life away from my father's, you know, um, then she never showed up. So at age 14, my father wanted to remarry another lady and she just say, I don't want your son. You, you want to marry me, you have to get rid of him. 
So he got rid of me and gave the custody to my mom. Um, my mom, uh, of course, he probably actually paid my mom some money to take care of me. So my mom agreed to do that. So then I came, that's how I came to the United States at age 14. So when I got here, you got to know my whole life, my hope was actually to, uh, to see my mom. Uh, but later on, I found out she's, uh, um, she was heavily into alcohol, you know, uh, and actually prescription. Oh, well, she has uh, heart, heart conditions and blood pressure conditions. So mixed a lot of alcohol with those medications caused her temper to be, you know, very ups and downs sometimes. And uh, so she's never laid a hand on me, but she's very verbally abusive. So she, when I got here, after about maybe a few more months, oh, she's already remarried already by that time. Then she told me that the reason why I left you when you were five is because I never wanted you. And I was like, that was the biggest thing. I was like, wow. Uh, then, but she's very verbally abusive. She always told me that I'm not worthy, blah, 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 blah. And um, then what happened is uh, at age 17, I decided to run away from home because I, was, I couldn't take all this. So I went on a street. I, I, sleep, I mean, I become temporary homeless. I slept for about maybe, maybe about a week, week and a half on the street. But back in the day, remember, there's no cell phone, there's no beeper, you know, there's no nothing. When you're gone, you're gone. People can only get hold of you at your house, you know, and there's no cars for us. You know, I'm 50 now. We're talking about 35 years ago. Yeah. Um, so my friend was, you know, we're supposed to play basketball or, or tennis every week, saying that Sean hasn't showed up for a week and a half. What's going on? So they start calling my house. And my mom just told them that he took off. So a bunch of my friends started going outside and started looking for me, and they found me. So one, one friend I have to today, we're still very close friends, took me to his house. Then uh, that's how I started living at his uh, garage on the couch. And from there on, I, I, uh, I started looking for jobs. So I was working as a forklift driver, delivery boy. Unfortunately, I had to drop out of school, so I only have a, even till today, I basically only have a high school diploma. And, and so what happened is, uh, I took a lot, a lot of college courses at night, and, and, but, you know, I have like hundreds of units, I never filed for graduation, but they're all junk units, because I'm an Asian, I'm really bad at math, so I couldn't, mm -hmm. I couldn't, pa I couldn't pass, uh, what's above the algebra, trigonometry? Oh, calculus, I think, trig, calculus, yeah. I, I couldn't yeah. do calculus. So, uh. So uh, I never filed for graduation for college. So after uh, that, I started looking for jobs. I worked at everything from uh, cement factory, uh, uh, dishwasher, waiter. Uh, then, you know, worked my way up as a delivery boy, forklift drivers. And then I came to my freight industry, which is shipping industry, as a, as a delivery boy and forklift driver. And I worked my way up till today. Uh, uh, you know, like 30 some year in the business. And I'm lucky to have three mentors that changed, actually four, changed my life. And um, they're like my real father and uh, gave me a lot of chances. So everything I have today, you know, if it wasn't true, I cannot tell you right now because on my Facebook and uh, Instagram, I talk about it many times. Everything I have today is out of my two bare hands, not one penny is from my parents, you know. So that's basically the story of my past. So when one year, I went out and see there's a lot of, originally why I started Purist is because a lot of kids out there are suffering and they, a lot of kids might, that kid might be another Sean Lee or might, that kid might be another somebody that can make the world a difference. You know, I, I, originally I do it, just, I do it myself. I didn't want to, you know, think it's going to turn out this big or, or trying to, you know, you know, be somebody. 
you know, um, but, but today we're every year we are doing a lot of stuff, you know, we, we doing, we, we're helping thousands of kids going back to school every year. We donate 3000 backpacks fully loaded and we pack them ourselves. Then we, uh, you know, every year toy drive, we have about 10 to 15,000 pieces of toys that we personally pass out. We don't just, Oh, we got this. I just sent over to drop it out. We did it and post it, post this thing on Instagram. No, no, no. We actually deliver every single toys to every single agency myself. I, you know, I have a, I have a, I have a, I'm, it's good. I learned cargoes. <laughs> I mean, shipping business. So I have a fleet of vans and trucks. Uh, but also we have a lot of members in Purist. They go out and start doing all these deliveries. So we deliver to Mexico, Ensenada, Rosaritos, uh, Texas, Nevada, uh, NorCal, and some of them even to believe right now to uh, Tibet and India. Wow. Yeah. So, so that's the motivation for me to do it because I know if I stay here, don't do anything. Look, I've been I've been spending about thirty some days in in just in uh in lockdown, just play video games every day or uh, reading stuff online, and that really makes me feel like I'm not doing anything. You know, uh, working on cars is fun. I do a lot of you know, but but I feel like it's funny for the uh, purist has been around for nine years. Um, you know, under purist name, but prior to that, we've been doing charity before we become purist. So it's been eleven years we've been doing this. So, uh. For me, it become a life habit. It's like every week I gotta go out do something to make a change, you know, uh, you know, and 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 I, and I feel like you know I'm 50 years old. Any any day our times are are marked, you know. I mean, lucky 10 more years, 20 more years, you know. Time goes by really fast, bro. So it's it's how you're gonna use your rest of your time, you know. Everything you see, you're gonna see today. Those cars, those merchandise, those toys I collect, they're gonna belong to somebody else. We're temporarily. Uh, custodian for those products right. you know when, when when i'm gone this is going to go to somebody some you know somebody's going to buy this somebody's going to buy that that doesn't represent us you know what i have done for the community and make an impact on it that's going to go with them for years and years and generation after generations and that's, that's something uh, yeah that's something just just that simple that's just yeah, that's, that's why i do it that's that's your that's going to be your legacy not a bunch of toys that you collected you know? mm -hmm. so yeah that's just going to be transferred to the next person but the energy that you leave and the impact life-changing things hopefully that you can inspire and be a part of you know and so that's why you know that's why i wanted to talk to you and have you on this podcast and that's why i wanted joey to Thanks. meet you joey's never met you before and you know joey's energy is good mood dude just like yourself and he loves cars. He loves Nissan. So he has a pretty you know, special car um, in his garage. But I wanted to show him like the granddaddy collection. And Sean, you have a pretty <laughs> substantial collection. But first, yeah. tell us what purist means to you. Because that mm -hmm. definition, you know, when we have a discussion about it, it could be kind of looked at a negative way is that, you know, they're very singular in their vision. You know, they don't want aftermarket parts. They want everything original. But what is your definition of purist? Because I think it's evolved into something more modern, you know? So, yeah. So when we started purist, of course, uh, it's a bunch of hardcore car guys, right? We're race car driver, we're uh, pro drifters or car collectors. And later on, I found out the meaning of purist should be something come from your heart. Your heart has to be pure as a goal uh, in wanting to help other people, you know. And so most people still think Purist Group is actually a, a car group now. They, they're kind of wrong because it's more about we as a car group of people that we can combine our resources and what kind of impacts we can make 
our kids' life or our community, and, and you know, and help them. That's what you know. That's what Pierce is all about right now. Uh, Cars-wise, yes, we we do have a lot of amazing cars, man. We have you know people that owns multiple Konis decks, Pagani, you know, Zandas, uh, but they all come out and help. You know, the, the key thing is they're not. A lot of people think they're wealthy. They don't want to come out and help because that's not true. Because they just haven't uh, found a good platform that make them want to come out and you know do it together. And fortunately to say, uh, Purist was actually uh, lucky enough to have all these great people and made it made the way it is today. You know, nice. That's, nice. Yeah, that's I like awesome. that. I like that. I, I I prefer that definition of purist opposed to yeah. you know this militant. You know, yeah. angry old guy who's going. You can't put you know Mazda parts in the Nissan. You can't do a you know LS swap. You know, um, and and a lot of Porsche guys are so pure. So there, you know, it kind of makes you feel, you know, like you don't belong. It's some exclusive yeah. club. So I'm glad your definition really is something that anybody can identify, and it just comes from here, right? So. I, I I'm the guy who used to drive a 1985 Toyota Corolla, and you know, running around. Um, you know, uh, doing a canyon, you know, and, and, and I, you know, we put any motor that's cheap in there to drive, you know. So, so you know, I, I, I have, I, I believe the car group should treat all car people equal in the same. And because as long as their value, value means they have to do good, they have to treat people right. They have to actually commit themselves to do something for other people. That's how you become a purist. Not about, oh, my car is better than your car because you put, uh, T thirty seven on your Porsche, yeah, that's just, it's just a car, and that should yeah. be a machine. Should be a tool that help us, you know, united together and make something happen for others. Dude. You know, yeah. And well said, man. I can't agree any more than what you just said. That's amazing. Thanks. Yeah. Well, let's get to it. Let's start. This, uh, let's see some cars, Sean. All What's right. The first car you want to show us. Okay, uh, since he has a joy like Nissan, we'll do Nissan the last. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. But this is not, hey. but this is not, this is not all my cars here. This, uh, because I, I can only store about maybe 10, 15 cars here. So this is not definitely not, not all the cars, but uh, we're going to go to the I, final. I'm, I'm, I, f I feel so sorry for you. I'm so sorry for your pain. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, so, so the case itself is like, I rarely invite people here because this is, this is hundred percent just me. So this is like the first time people get to see what a cape's all about. Uh, it's still kind of messy, but I'm going to show you guys around now. Turn it. So on top of here, there's a E46, uh, that I built a long time ago. I just kept it. Uh, so that's a uh, individual throttle body. V6, yeah. right? Now no, nice. straight, 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 straight six. That's right. That's right. Really nice. yeah. okay. Is that one D, uh, DSG or? Manual? No, this is actually it. So this one is very unique. It's a manual, no sun, uh, sunroof delay, and also manual seats, also no nav. So it's like the lightest way you can get in an E46. Wow. So uh, right now, right like now, R. Has, yeah, right now it has a Mouton suspension on there. Uh, uh, I don't know, you can find so it. what so was that car designed see. for? Was that a track car, or was it just kind of? That was my like track a, or a canyon car. So uh, you know, uh, uh, yeah. So this is my uh, CLK sixty three Black Series right here that I bought a little while back. Yeah, yeah. Nice. But it's been sitting here because stuff here. Is, I got a lot of seats over there. Why did you buy that car? What, what's so special about that Black Series? I wonder why so, people buy that car. Oh, last of the naturally aspirated motor. 6.3 uh, liter, 
pretty much is one of the biggest and one of the largest and naturally aspirated motor on the market and it's one hell of a car it's just and it's very limited production only uh, i think 200 made in the world well, let's see uh, the engine let's see the engine you're just pointing at the, the door sure gotta see it again. let me get a flashlight so you can see okay. it better and here's a uh a 997 gt3 rs with a gmg wide body for fun man that looks so nice <laughs> yeah with a, a Kara gt seat let me get a flashlight so you can see it better wow oh this wait wait, a, wait let's let's talk about that car i want this one i want to talk about no 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 the r7 okay yeah. let's talk about uh, that let's start with that car so this is a world lowest mileage rx7 uh it was locked in a barn and since 1987 this is a 10th anniversary edition so it was found by cody of course you probably know the story so code this oh, car belonged to so this car belonged to Cody Walker's uh, grandparents, grandfather, uh, grand grandfather. So in 1987, his grandfather went to a Mazda dealership in Oregon, and actually was gonna just go buy a B2300 truck. So ended up the salesman upsell him a truck and along with this car. So you gotta do your math. Okay, 1987. This is a twenty-some thousand dollar car. Mazda mm. B2300 was only what a $6,000 truck or $87,000 truck, right? So this is back in the day can actually go buy pretty much a house in Oregon. So wow. they bought a car and brought it back to their uh, barn and they ended up never drive it. So, so look at it here. This car was never uh, refinished. It came the way it is. So I'll show you. Wow. Wow. That's so a time when, capsule right there. Yeah, so I drive, I commit on driving 100 miles every year. So it's right now it's 1800. So um, this car last year, uh, last week, uh, two couple weeks ago was on. Wow, that's so yeah. clean, man. Yeah, seats are original. You should come and see this car. So now Jeez. this is uh, this is 1987's leather seats. You, you couldn't see the seat is stitching, still very soft. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Wow. It, yeah, I'm going to show you something pretty amazing too about this car. So it has, uh, it's one of the fully loaded uh, FC out there because it's got all the accessories. You got just a mover that's still in good condition. It's that's factory? That's a factory, that's factory. Uber? That's a factory option, wow. yeah. Wow. Yeah, and come factory painted, la uh, uh, labeling white. And wow. The, the thing about this one from factory is yeah. not a lot of people have these options anymore because they all swatch out the headlights. Uh, so this got uh, original factory CB headlight. Yeah. Ooh, CB? Oh wow! Yeah. Yo, yeah. that's crazy. That's crazy, right? Do they so, even sell that uh, headlamp anymore? anymore? Uh, they, they sell, sell for rally for rally cars now. Oh, so this car, okay. this car basically is uh, it's perfect. So this car actually was on Petrolish just a couple weeks ago, and wow. it was also uh, went just won JCCS last year for the best RX7. Nice. It deserves so, it. Yeah, so the other thing is it come with, a, if you look at the glass, it's kind of brownish. It comes factory uh, tinted glass. It's not tinted wow. by film. It's, the color is built into the, the, the glass thing. itself. Wow. Yeah, let me see. Cut the trunk. So what's amazing is that this is a, this is a true uh, JDM time capsule. So it's got a, something old people knows is a, it's got a 10th anniversary bra. It was embodied. Oh, has a has bra. Nice. Yeah. So, so you guys know how uh, how brutal uh, how brittle 
and fragile vinyl is, right? So this is, yeah. uh, don't forget, this is 30 some years old. Okay, now look, look how soft this is, look. Wow. Did you see wow. that? This is that's a vinyl. That's impossible to find. That's, that, that's yeah. a, you'll never be able to replace that. Yeah, this wow. is vinyl. And this is such a high quality. Look at this, it's, it's embroidered on there too. Look how nice it is. It's not, it's that's not. crazy. You see that? That's not is really special. Yeah, it's not printed so, on. It's a, so what besides the 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 paint and then some of the body kit stuff was the engine completely different than the stock rx7 no it's complete it's completely uh same as a regular rx7 turbo except if you look at the front it has a momo steering wheel center has 10 has a momo it. steering wheel yeah from factory yeah sure that's cool cb lights and momo man whoever designed this car thought of everything man such detail. Wow. I need to get the lights working. So you see, all you did is uh, you see the embossery. anniversary. Yeah. Wow. Then you also has the factory Momo steering wheels. See the Momo on top right here? Oh, wow. that is cool. That's sick. That's this is cool. This, you gotta look at this. This is cool. This is the, oh, I don't know the keys in here. But this is the equalizer. I don't know. Only old people knows like back in the day. We have to put equalizer on our cars. And, and, and you can play metal. Remember metal, metal, metal tape. Let me see. There's a button you can push to select metal tape. It's pretty Look cool. Look at that. It's so clean, oh, here, man. Do you, you see that here? I show it, show it to you guys. Does Does yeah. the cigarette lighter work too? Still, everything works. Everything works on this wow. car. So see that it says metal. Yeah. So you push metal, you can play metal tape. So for young people that doesn't know, back in the days, you had your regular tape, and yeah. you have a metal tape. That it's yeah. actually uh, more 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 conductive to the magnetic, and uh, it sounds better, more crisp. So for play that, you have to change this, push this button, Dolby wow. and R on the car. Yeah, the fact, the fact the that th all of those things still work, man, that's amazing. That means yeah, that this works. thing was so taken care of. How many miles is on it? 1,800? Yeah. 1, right now, it's eighteen hundred. So yeah. when when Cody found it, he just say when Cody found this car, he just say. I couldn't take care of it, and then uh, he was very nice of him. Goes like, "Sean, do you want it?" I go, "Hell yeah!" I just, I go like, "Why need the money right away?" And sent sent me the car over. So it was kind of cool. Yeah. Do you feel like you stepped into the '80s every time you walk into that car? Yes, actually, this is why I enjoy old cars so much now because I get to. I get, okay, when I was younger, I couldn't. When I was younger, I couldn't know. Uh, what those car feels like, right? My dream car back when I was younger was the Tessarosa RX-7 or, uh, or, you know, that type of car. So uh, a lot of car where they end up now, they're heavily modified. You always curious, like what this car really feels like when it's bone stock in a 1987 or 1990 or, or 1991. doesn't matter what car you like, right? Because most car now they either modify the suspension, the shocks gets blown out, the brakes being redone, people upgrade them. But you're always curious about what that feels like um, 30 years ago or 25 years ago or whatever that car feels like. So I, I, was, uh, I was lucky that I was able to enjoy this particular car. It drove it really hard like, a couple of times and uh, to feel what you likes in the canyon, or how that four-wheel steering system works on the back, uh, how's the original gearbox. Um, you know, uh, then, so I have something to talk about, uh, that, that, uh, a story that, that I keep for myself. You know? <laughs> Yeah. Wait, so that car is a all-wheel drive rotary engine? No, it's not all-wheel drive. It's a rail-wheel drive. It's a, it's a uh -huh. rotary rail-wheel drive. But what happens, a lot of cars back in the days in, um, 
JDN car, they have forward steering built into it. So this is actually not a hydraulic forward steering system, unlike the Nissan Hikus or Super Hikus. This actually has, what it, uh, under compression, the rear wheel will actually tow out a little bit. So they simply, the bushing will actually have some of the free play. So when you when you when you when you when the car leans over, that's when they push the wheels outwards so to help you wow. rotate the rear and better. Yeah. So interesting. So yeah. So hydraulic uh, forward steering, you have like a Honda, a Prelude had a forward steering system on that, and then of course Nissan's are known for the um, the S chassis and of course the Skyline for the for the forward steering Hikus, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, I never knew the RX-7 had it. That that's interesting. Yeah. 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 So Did they carry that onto the FD? Uh, I'm not sure about FD, but yeah. FC is a very important platform for FD. But a lot of a lot of, a lot of RX-7 guys doesn't know because oh, I don't know. Maybe they know. So first of all, this is the first turbocharged engine that come that for for the rotary engine ever to put in the public, right? So so FC plays a very important part for Mazda when they lead to FD later on. So everything on FC, believe it or not, it's pretty much interchangeable with FD. Give an example, the wow. gearbox right now. Yeah, the gearbox on the FC, right? Except for the external casing and bell housing different because the length of the car is different. Everything, every gears in there in the synchros are switchable with the FD gearbox. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, then the FC, the FC motor, of course, the 13 BT was a single turbo. Once you go to FC, oh, sorry, once you go FD. to FD, you become a twin turbo. So yeah. this was, this, this, this engine was the base for Mazda to uh, research on a turbocharged rotary engines. Um, they tried to sort out all the, problems that they have and blah, 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 stuff like that and to help them later on R&D for the FD to where they are today. But unfortunately, well, because later we all know they, they face emission issues because it's based on oil injection. In, They'll score oil into the rotary for lubrications. Then unburned oil go directly into your cat and you will clock it up your cat. if you. So uh, that's one of the big issues. Um, until they can resolve that, I don't think, I don't think Rotary will come back. I don't know, Mazda, if you guys are listening to this, you know, I don't, they, they, they do, but they, I, we, we really hope to have another Rotary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. a beautiful car. Yeah. 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 Awesome car. It's also got a uh, very, uh, very both speed, uh, uh, scared me. It's a, it's a hatch. It's got a very both speed uh, steering as well, too. As you go faster, it locks a little bit more tighter. Um, yeah, it's, it's put, That's it's, a lot of technology for that year. I'm really surprised to learn all this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah, but if you look at uh, the Skylines, even more technology. It's very, very complicated. Suspension, transmission. Uh, they have a G sensor on the Skyline as well, too. You know? Huh. Yeah, uh, like is, it, is it on all the Skylines or just the R34? Uh, starting R32, they start having the G sensor. But the way they build G sensor is really, really funny. I'm going to show you guys one more thing. This is kind of cool. So, I keep on getting sidetracked. <laughs> so this has a louver. So this is actually a muffler. I haven't put it on there yet. Okay. So it's this is so cool because it shows you the quality of the stuff that they made back in the days. The R seven mufflers. But wow. now look, this is this is not made out of plastic. It's made out of rubber. I want I want to show you that when I think about thirty some year old rubber. Okay. So now look, this is my finger. I'm pushing it in. No crack. See that? <laughs> This is a rubber flexible. Yeah, that's crazy. And, and crazy about it is the wheel. Hold on, I'm show you the wheel. This is where How it did it stay this? How did it stay this nice? Did they put it in a temperature temperature control garage? Yeah, so, they did. Oh, they so, did. 
So this yeah. is actually an uh, original Enki for lightweight. That actually has aluminum uh, spear tire. Enki yeah. has yeah. Enki wheels. Oh yeah, my god! That's a spear Yo, this, tire. The, all the parts, all the parts on this car itself are gems, Sean. Yeah, I know. It's all quality stuff. That's yeah. awesome. Well, this car is forever going to be in a family. If one day I go, I'm just going to sell it and donate the money all to uh, their foundations, you know? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So, so let me take this wheels off. So this is actually a spare wheel. So it's made out wow. of aluminum. It's made out of aluminum, super lightweight. As Does it say, it says Anki, is that the EK? Is that the emblem? I think the, so back. The marking. So Enki made spare tires for this see, FC. See that? Wow. You see it? Yeah. Yeah. So it says Enki so, Mazda. So what are the other wheels? Are those Enki wheels? The 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 the, uh, the the wheels that are on it now? They came from factory. So they made yeah, they the came, other. They come. They come on factory, but I'm not sure if Enki make that or not. I, I, uh, oh. I'm not sure. Yeah, but this this for sure. It's a, it's got Enki's mark right there. See that? And, and the it's cool only thing that, for the and it's only for the spare tire. Yeah, and spare tire. And it's wow. looking the spare rim looks this good, man. This is the spare tires, man. You can put that four of this. And, you can put four of this and, and go snow driving on the thing. You know, it's pretty cool. That's, such a, that's that's the most beautiful spare tire I've ever seen. <laughs> it's and it's really really light. And also, you know what? Now look, my finger. I'm gonna dig into it. Did you see this thing's too soft? Yeah. This is the this is the still the original spare tire that's in the car. What kind of tires are those? This is like some brands called. Uh, this is uh, this is a bridge. This is Bridgestone. Oh, it's bridge. Is that factory? That's from factory too. That's the original. This is from factory. Wheel? This is from factory. Wow. Original wheel, original origin, <laughs> original wheel and original tires. It's so light. It looks it with one hand. It looks like a low profile wheel, man. It's so nice. Yeah. So that's wow. That's cool. Wow. And that's beautiful. Most people doesn't know this is actually a rubber painted rubber too. If you look at it, my finger, if you squeeze oh. it, see that? See that? Wow. Reflects. Yeah, amazing. But, but till now. The most, most biggest problem is usually around edges. They're usually yeah. cracked, but this has no crack yeah. on it. So, yeah. So this is actually a rubber tail. They painted it. So now, so that's the RX-7. Uh, what, so nice. what size wheels are on those? From factory? Right, right now, right. I think so. 16 by 7, maybe? Let me see. Wow. I don't have to clean tires on Clean. Yeah. yeah. So, so what's zero? So what's zero to sixty in that car when you tested it? I think back in the day it was like seven seconds. Mm. Maybe something around that. Mm. It's really quick for that time, man. For the time. How does the turbo sound? Uh, it sounds not too intrusive, not like modern day turbo. It's just, uh, yeah, it's not. It's not. It's actually very plushy. This is our kind of car you can go on a long distance drive for hours and hours. So back in the day when they built a GT car, Japanese built a GT car, their philosophy is a little different. They're not trying to build a hardcore car that's gonna you know, shake your bones apart. They're trying to build a car that's like, has performance, makes you comfortable, and you're gonna have a lot of fun with it. You can drive it anywhere. So this car is just very, very plush. If you come, next time you're trying to drive my stock, sky, uh, stock Skyline, it's got this original uh, Nissan shocks on there. You feel like carrying a Corolla with a little bit more power. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Next time, come, next time, come to the garage. Take the RX-7 now. Then you'd be, you'd be like, oh wow, I mean, you'd be surprised. Japanese name, uh, Japanese way of saying GT car is this plush. You know, um, yeah. this is the kind of car you really can go hours and hours without getting tired from it. But you know, that's how, the, yeah, that's how I felt with the FD I had. I had the touring package, right? Yeah. And it was a, it was very plush. I mean. I think there was like a R spec version of that car, and that was it, it, that 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 version of the FD was not a comfortable car yeah. to drive around. But yeah. but this this is even plusher. You'd be, you'd be surprised this, when you drive this. The car leans like this. <laughs> it's really uh, crazy. Uh. So I see that you have this huge collection and a lot of different variety. But how did your passion for cars start? Like, was it a certain car that got you into this, or what happened? Yeah, yeah, it's a Toyota A eighty six. Believe it or not. So I'll tell you a story about that. It's, it's a very interesting story. I still have, I just recently bought back my original Hachiroku and I left it outside. Okay. I'm going to rebuild it because I, I, sold it, I sold it to my friend maybe 14, 15 years ago. He's a fireman now and you know, he just doesn't drive that car very often. And I say, sell it back to me. And he sold it back to me. So I started doing, I just finished a mechanical restoration. No, it's simple. All I need is uh, it's a paint and molding, which is hard to find because the window molding is really, it's, they, don't know, they no longer make it. So yeah. I, had to, I had to find some, find some uh, it's mainly uh, just window molding, windshield, mold, windshield, windshield, um, windshield molding and type of thing. It just, you know, it takes time to find those things. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's you want to keep that, you want to keep that factory correct? Uh, like you want to keep it like so I have a, authentic? Uh, I have two Hachiroku right now. Um, yeah. So one being my old race cars, I used to race, I used to drive a lot. So when that, okay, I used to race motorcycles, and uh, I raced for Yamaha for a little bit. Uh, then back in the day, and and uh, I was doing pretty well on motorcycles. Uh, later on, took a big crash on Willow Spring and broke almost every single bone in my body, which actually I did about eighty five percent of bones being broken before. Uh, I learned, remember, I don't go to school that, that much, but I learned a lot about my body. Like, this is called a collarbone. Why is it called collarbone? Because you broke it. I'm like, all right, so I broke my collarbone. Okay, a tibia and pelvis. When I broke it, I don't, I, I remember I have only high school graduate. And when I came here at 14, I was taking ESL class. I, my vocabulary is not that good. So it's really funny. I, I learned, after I went to the hospital, I crashed on Willow Spring. I turned nine at 140 miles an hour on a, on a Yamaha FZR 600 uh, during the race. Um, I become a human tumble. We uh, broke everything, however, because back in the day, the motorcycle protect, protective gear is not as good as now. You know, um, mm. you, you basically have no protective gear. You basically, you just have a glove and leather. That's it. That's all you have. Uh, so after that, I came out of hospital. I was... My egos got hurt because you know, guys like cars, especially guys that race cars, um, you know, you want to learn how to do it right. And I feel like my ego got hurt really bad. So I started learning how to drive. So believe it or not, the first car I ever modified it to drive in the canyon was actually another FC. Okay. I think it was 1996, but I bought a 1990 FC. I drove it. Then I flipped over the car down the hill and my best friend was in the car with me and uh and uh then i didn't give up so i started taking my other cars going to canyon just trying to find out how to handle a car uh the right way 
I bump, bump into a bunch of old school Japanese guys that drives Miatas, FCs, and Hachilokus in the canyons. So I start trying to, you know, drive with them. And at the time, I have a Lexus SC300. I figure I have more power, much more power than they are. I can keep up with them. They, they lift me in the dust in like two turns. And I was like, wow. Uh, then I caught up with them on top of the hill. I go like, hey, who are you guys? Can I drive with you guys? They don't talk to me. They jump on the car and run away. Okay. <laughs> uh, so then I start doing regularly, going up there around that time. Uh, then, then I start finally, after we meet a couple times, they finally start talking to them, uh, which you guys all know who they are. Uh, they still exist today. They're actually, a lot of them is in the pro drifting community. A lot of them is actually working for major car company. Um, so then I start joining the original Toge crew, which is, you know, Toge means people that runs the canyons. Um, and then, of course, I bought my very first uh, Hachiloku, which is a hatchback, a beat-up hatchback with original 14-inch tires on there. Um, and I start driving with them. And I start getting more passionate on learning how to fix the car and how, what to do and what not to do to modifying the cars. Um, then I start driving with them and we go, and my skills get better and better and better and better and better and better and better. And, better and, better and, better. and uh, then... And I become a diehard lover for Hajiloku because, you know, because it creates a relationship. It's a machine, but it creates a relationship between a Kenyan and Ro and myself. So I found a lot of inner peace just through the process. Not about speed, not about who's fast, not about oh, who, who gets up to the top of the hill tonight, who gets on the bottom of the hill tonight. It's about just you going out there, you drive with this machine, and that's the message you get. And I really enjoy the process. And to today, to today, 30 some, uh, I know most of them about 30 years now. We still very, very good friends. We still talk about driving and we still drive together, you know, sometimes. What so, was this? What's this crew called? What was it called? The, the original ones? There's no yeah. name for that. They, there's no name for that. They're just a bunch of uh, old JDM guys who loves to drive. Oh. But right wow. now, right now, right now, they're, they're very influential in the car world, extremely influential. You definitely know their names, but I'll tell you about their name in private. You'd be surprised okay. who's in that. You'd be surprised who's on this list. Your story sounds like like a Tokyo Drift story, like the true Tokyo Drift character. That's like that's how Han learned how to drift in the Hachiroku, you know. Yeah. And he met these guys that wouldn't accept him into the crew, so he had to, you know, earn their respect. You know, build his build his little FC out, and then finally one day he proves that he's worthy. Yeah, be a Kenyan uh, driver. Yeah, midnight, <laughs> midnight club, if you will, the the, yeah. the U.S. L.A. midnight club. Yeah, yeah, we know, like, we know some, we know somebody. You definitely know somebody who's out of midnight club, right? Yeah, yeah. You want to tell? You want to tell Joey? Joey, you know what the midnight club is? No. Oh, you're a Nissan guy. You got to know this. Chef. Oh my God! <laughs> Give him the history of the midnight club. You got to so know this. You're gonna get a kick out of this. So, so, you know, just like to just running Toge, you've definitely, reason, reason U.S. car guys definitely know about Toge now, right? Kaichi Tsuchiya, go out to Canyon, oh, yeah. drifting, okay. So imagine, okay, back in the day, in Japanese, they, they, the car is actually, with a bunch of guys together, they create culture for cars. So you have your Canyon crew that runs in Canyon, technical, not high speed. Then you have another crew, and you have the you have the bozo, just uh, fancy big wheel, loud and you know uh, gangster that rides in a big motorcycle. That's different. That's kind of like our stance right now. You know, it's kind of cool too. Uh, then you have the high speed guys. 
So the high-speed guys were like curious about how do we modify cars that can be competitive and make our JDM car somehow better and faster than European cars, right? But at the time, there's not that much testing ground, so they just do a testing on a freeway. They start building crazy cars to go on a freeway. So uh, sorry if you, people listening out there, not that we condone these regular actions. <laughs> but, but, so they start building crazy cars. So in order to qualify to be in to get a one gun a midnight club st sticker, so they always race on a highway one, which is called one gun, which one gun translate to English it means bayside. I'll tell you a story. I tell you the whole story on on this later on. It's a very interesting story. So one gun in Japanese to be translated to English is called bayside. So they start racing on highway one. So he finished the loop. It will be, be just like from here. Let's say we go out to downtown LA and come back. That's our loop, right? See who's the fastest. And second, to qualify to be in midnight club, you have to be keeping up with them going 300 kilometers on the highway. Yeah, which is almost two. Yeah, 200 miles plus. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, so think about it, right? So, uh, so that's how midnight club Wangan got famous, and it's most respected club. Nobody can if you you cannot print those sticker and make it yourself. The sticker yeah. has to be comes from uh, the people within the club and the president himself. Wow. Okay? And the and the creator of Midnight Club Wangan, Midnight Club, it's a very, very famous guy that actually create our current car culture today. He has such a huge influence on our car cultures. So he owns an R32 and he was racing on Wangan. He still has his R32. So he was as works as a mechanic and in a in a in an assembly line and work his way up. Uh I don't think story. you should be saying. I, I don't think you should say too much about that because we, we're not supposed <laughs> to be. We're not supposed to disclose who the members are. They can get in a lot of yeah. trouble. Actually, he already, he already did. He already did it on the news. I mean, there's oh, actually a book come out. He actually showed his. He did. Uh, let me see. I have. A, I might have the book here. Oh, somewhere. so yeah. he opened he it up. He told He yep. told the world. Okay. Yeah, right. the book. yeah. Yeah. So he basically. Uh, yeah. He basically showed an article too. Uh, I think uh, the drive. Mag, uh, the drive that oh another channel that interviewed him talk about I mean he he wanna admit to that but they talk about a story of him off the record in in, in public but however wow. because this is very important because it tells the story of this year the so the guy who works for Nissan later on of course uh, uh however he co-developed certain cars uh but he doesn't have the influence within Nissan that's why 2000 uh sorry 2020 is the 50th anniversary of a Nissan GTR. And there's a special color coming out called a Bayside Blue. So, Ooh. yeah. So, so right after 1999 or 2000 on R34 had a Bayside Blue. This is the first year of Bayside Blue, which is one gun blue, one gun, comes yeah. back to be put on the GTR. So without talking about a name, I think that's cool. That's the story of this particular person that used to, and he's actually one of the founder and co-founder of Midnight uh, Club. So Man. that he able to later on put one gun collar back on the 2020 GTR for the 50th anniversary for, for the, you know, yeah. Man, I, awesome. I wonder if he'll give me a sticker. I want a, <laughs> I want a real sticker because there are knockoff stickers everywhere. It you can't put him. knockoff stickers on your car because if the member sees it, they could, they'll vandalize your car right here. It was, it was all about speed then, not really the, yeah. the technical kind of, you no. know intricacies of the car or anything or you know celebration of the car or the aesthetics it was just purely speed and how fast Pure, your car could go purely speed it. 
It was a and, and, but to and be on a freeway. It could be any car. It could be any car. It doesn't have to be Nissan specific. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the story of the Midnight Club One Gun. And later, of course, yeah. later on, turned into video game. Now, I think Netflix has a movie coming out about them. And it's no originally, ja- yeah, originally in Japanese, but now they actually have English subtitle on there. So, yeah. Wow. There's an there's a, there's a anime, there's a cartoon, Wangog Midnight, if you want to see it. Yeah. So if you've never yeah. seen it, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, that sounds yeah. awesome. Hey, you know, Sean, you know, with this lockdown, there's news that there's a lot more street racing going on. You know, a uh, lot of cars are getting impounded, people are getting. You know, claustrophobic, so they're going out, and all these secret racing spots are popping up all over LA. What do you think about that, man? Like, what is your take on that? Now you're a little older, you know, you're not a young man anymore, you know, a young kid with nothing to lose, you have perspective. What do you say to all those people out there that, you know, have their little hot rods and, you know, they want to go out there and go crazy? Um, I don't know, man. You know, it's like, you, you know, we want to be responsible, but we still want to have fun with our cars, but. How do we do I, that? I think there's a track. I think the track is actually open starting this week, uh, next weekend. So I really think people should, you want to have some kind of speed and get out of your system. You should go join a track. There. It's $150 to go to track, right? And yeah. then, first of all, you're avoiding getting jail time, which is, you're gonna, okay, if you, let's do this. You go on the street, you do, do racing. You got to get your car impounded. You got to get yourself a ticket. So impounding your car they got to minimum hold your car for seven days and it's what well, $150 a day, something like that. It's a thousand bucks right there. Then you got to suffer a ticket, but either it give you reckless driving or, uh, or, or, uh, uh, excessive speed or whatever they have. I think it's right around about another thousand. Then you have a higher lawyer, right? To fight for you. Um, then if you like your car, your car goes to the impound lot. It's not going to come out pretty. It's going to get all dented up and scratched up. Um, you know, spend 150 bucks. Uh, Willow Spring this weekend. I'm mean, sorry, Button Willow has track days that's open this weekend. Oh, next weekend, seven days from now. Um, it's already open. So go take your anxiety out to the track day, then go fast and burn, uh, do burnouts. And if you crash your car over there, you'll be still safe, you know, and you're not endangering other people. I think the issue with street racing right now is a lot of people go there, they think it's cool, but they don't know how dangerous it is that, that they put themselves and other people. Uh, in a harm's way, you know, uh, it's gonna, you know, I've seen accidents and people uh, broke their legs and they lost their mobility for life because they went to see a street racing and, and it's sad. It's really, really sad. And street are not meant for, for to be raced on, you know, and I, like I've been taking to everything to the track for a long, long, long time. You know, uh, when I was younger, of course, and trying to earn my street cred and then I was like, oh, um, I did so and so, I did this, you know. Later, of course, when I get older now, now I look at it, I go like, oh, dude, that is pretty stupid. I'm so glad that throughout that whole time, I didn't endanger other people. I didn't make, I didn't injure anything. I didn't have major uh, serious consequences that, that I'll regret for the rest of my life. You know, I did crash my RX-7 with my best friend in my car. That actually was a real awakening because like, I, 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 I figured I could do anything. I was young, you know, I'm a badass. I want to go out and, you know, show them, you know, I can go fast. And of course, I crash a car, the car catch on fire. And I'm so glad that me and my best friend, we didn't die on that car. You know? Otherwise, I'll lose a friend. Yeah. So, so think clearly before you go out doing high-speed stuff uh, on the street. And you will, you will endanger yourself. You want to make anybody who loves you really sad. And of course, you're endangering other people. Laying on top of that, you will uh, 
a severe penalty from the law enforcement. I was talking to CHP last week. It's pretty crazy. So uh, compared to a year ago, March, uh, they issued about 1,100 citations for, for speed going 100 miles an hour. Guess how much was this year? Just one month, whole March. So they, it went up to, uh, it went 85% gain, almost 2,000 uh, some ticket was issued at over 100 miles an hour. Yeah, wow. <laughs> yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. It's, it's 85%. It's 85%. It's crazy. It's crazy. Slow down. You know, yeah. it's not worth it. It's not worth it. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's funny. Back in the day when I was younger, I wanted to build fast car, big horsepower, high speed stuff. And now it's like, you know, I just want to cruise in a, uh, like 200 horsepower car, 135 horsepower car, just cruise and chill and enjoy. Then, of course, on my race cars, I, on the weekends, I, you know, put on a trailer and take them to the track and just, you know, bring through a couple sets of tires and have fun and be safe. Yeah. You know? Makes, makes yeah. the most sense. Yeah. yeah the, the young people have to think ahead because at a time, I understand a lot of friends are egging you out and say, hey, do it, do this, do this, do a burnout, do a donuts. You know, they're not real friends, man. They, they, they just want to see something fun and hopefully you crash. They can put on Instagram. This day. Look, <laughs> look, this yeah. dummy, he crashed his car using the tree. I get my Instagram like. You know, it's just, it's, no, uh, I was just going to say, speaking of friends, I, I was curious how you and Sung met. Well, you want to answer that? We met at SEMA. Um, and then, you know, we had mutual friends and then it's a small community, you know, it's like, mm -hmm. for some reason, we always would just bump up, bump into each other. And then slowly, you know, we were hanging out a little bit here and there. And then, um, and then, you know, it's, it, then time happens where, you know, time, you know, one year becomes two years, two years become three. And then you realize like, wow, you know, I've known Sean for a, a while and then, um, I've just, you know, from afar also, I've seen, you know, what he does with, you know, his, his charity with Pyrrhus and, um, you know, we have mutual friends that he also mentors and, um, and, you know, through the grapevine, you, you know, you start to, you know, respect this man, you know, from afar and then, you know, it was, it was the kind of company that I wanted to keep. Right. And yeah. so, you know, you can see today, Joey, just listening to Sean talk, you know, you can listen to him all day because he has such fascinating you know perspective and his life journey it's been challenging but you know he's always able to mine something positive and be able to you know share that and give that back and it's cool because there's all these cool cars and it's a world of like coolness right the man cave is right. cool but then like he says at the end of the day it's you know it always resets you going yeah these are just toys man we're not going to keep any of this stuff we use it as tools yeah. to make a you know positive contribution make you know to be able to have community because without the cars we the three of us probably wouldn't be talking now right yeah, like right. i would have never met you joey right but yeah. look how much you learned today you learned all this history like the bayside blue and all that stuff but then yeah. you know there's a, always a balance with sean so you know that, that's right. our history um wow. hey you know speaking of cruises uh sean i think after mm. this lockdown i want to go for like a nice drive you know like 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 the, the freedom drive this freedom rally you know it, it'd be nice to take that nice cruise a, across you know the country or you know do a small like weekend trip so big fun you have something coming up pretty soon right on the may 16th you have a yeah you have a, like a drive-by drive uh toy drive something like that yeah what, so what's that about 
So there was this actually uh, 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 facility is called Helen Evans Home in Hacienda Heights. So they house, I think, between minimum 45 to 50 uh, disability kids that suffer autism, severe autism, and disabilities. So remember, if we're normal people, we have we can play video game, we can listen to music, we can do all kinds of stuff to uh, to uh, uh, take away our attentions. They're 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 locked down for the past what uh, 45, 60 days already. They couldn't come out, and there's no uh, uh, place that because they usually let's, for for those kids at those facility. Let's say uh, two o'clock in the afternoon, they can put them on the bus and take them to basketball court or swimming pool. They can do some activities over there. But now there's nothing open. So all these kids have been trapping in a place for that long. It's like, and that's not healthy, that's not good, you know. So uh, one of our, my very good friends is actually an uh, uh, under-sheriff, which is, uh, you know, Sheriff Alex, he's in, uh, the, the big boss, he's second in command. And he told me about, which is Mr. Tim Marigami, he actually told me about, hey, uh, uh, and he actually has, Sheriff has this agency called Youth Activity, Activity, Activity League. Okay, they call it YAL. So uh, they want me to be uh, able to work something with them to help the, the, the children. The, the idea of YAL is they, when you go after school, you have a lot of free times, right? So you go hang out on a state, on, on, a, on a park, go hang out here and there, then you start hanging out with the gangsters. And, you, and gangsters are using you, give you money, and do the wrong thing. So they create basketball pro, basketball program, judo program uh, for free, absolutely free. And to have those kids come to their facility completely free after school, and they and they just so you, you decrease your time that you will get involved with local uh, gangsters and become one of the members. So this home is actually one of the uh, uh, within one of the district they're working with. So the sheriff himself is going to be there. Now CHP is going to be there. Uh, LA Fire Department is going to be there. Pierce is the only agency that's private, uh, not state-related, that's going to be there. So we arranged to have about 100 cars just to um, drive by the homes, show the kids, and also uh, you know drop a little toys for them so they can play with and excess, uh, the leftover of those toys is going to go to different homeless shelter that Sheriff's currently dealing with and also a different uh, similar type of facility that Sheriff's are dealing with. So basically, you know, again, it's, it's, it's standing here, play video game, Call of Duty, it's fun, you know, but, but using my time to do something to serve the purpose and also makes the car group of people, you know, uh, have something to do with it. It's, it's it's pretty awesome. You know, it's it's gonna it's gonna be a great day. Yeah. You know, it, now you you have a annual uh, uh, toy drive, right? A Pierce yeah. toy drive every year. Yeah. Now what's gonna happen? What month does that happen every year? And it's like the end of the year, right? Yeah. So on our IG, we already uh, posted. We just signed a contract this year. We're gonna be on December six, which is a Sunday. And uh, this, that's usually one of our biggest events every year. We have about roughly, we'll get about uh, fifteen to 20,000 pieces of toys, which is quite a lot. And on display, before, we have probably about maybe 600 cars. But wow. this year, yeah, this year I'm doubling the space. So we might be, because I want to open up, because it used to, used to be too cramped. And a lot of people, 
2018, a lot of people want to come in, they couldn't come in. So the traffic was everywhere. So I'm opening up a bigger display area. So actually, I'm actually pushing out a parking. I'm renting a high school across the street as a parking lot. And so people, and we also set up shuttle service. People can just hop on a shuttle and come and see the show and drop all the toys. So this yeah. year's much, much bigger. Yeah, we just made an announcement. You, you think that uh, by December, everything will be safe enough for us to get together in those kind of numbers? You see, you feeling optimistic yes. about that? Joe? Yeah, I think so. I think so. It should be. But again, you know, I'm not a, I hope so, because I'm not a virus expert, but, but I think with um, all the helps right now, uh, people, are, people, are, well, people are getting or going to get, and government's finally, finally catching up, up to speed. Uh, it should be okay. Just people really have to focus on treating this more seriously and stay at home more often. Uh, really have to practice your um, uh, social distancing, distancing skills because wear a mask, wash your hands more often. A lot of people think this is still a common flu, but you got to know currently 6% of the people who catch the flu die. That's quite a big number. You know, uh, it's, it's, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's really sad. You know, I mean, you got to know uh, doesn't matter two percent or six percent anybody anybody who shouldn't pass away because of, you know this you know and it's something you can prevent it by you know try to stay home try to keep a social distancing from others and you know um, and you know I think do our job as a citizens to protect other citizens you know yeah I, I wonder how it's gonna like how it's turn it's may already may june july how how are we gonna be able to figure everything out and have a vaccination so we can get together like in big numbers like this dude the social distancing thing is the biggest problem for me i realize is that because i'm a hugger man like i touch people like when i <laughs> laugh I, I i hit people i grab them you know and it's like as soon as yeah. i see people like I'm, I'm, i just want to grab people and it that's the hardest part because it's I, I feel you know that part of my you know, heart is dying. It's sure. It's like there's no water being poured on it. And I don't know, man. And it's like, I, feel I, I fear. Yeah. Right. I feel I, you. I, 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 yeah. I'm like you too. I, I, like, I see people I just want to give them a big hug, right? You know me, right? So it's, it's, it's tough. It's really tough. You know, it's really yeah. tough, but, but right now to protect yourself and your surrounding, your family, you just, you have to kind of force yourself to stay away from other people. You know, it's just very unfortunate, you know? Yeah. So oh, cool. Well, yeah. I hope I, I look forward to this thing in December. Hopefully everything is okay by then. So, you know, we could be hanging out and do something positive together. Enjoy. I, I mean, you're not too far away. Maybe no. you could bring your car from Arizona and join us. Oh, definitely. You know? I always drive up to LA, so it wouldn't be a problem for me. <laughs> we, got, um, we, have a lot, we had a lot of people drive on from Nevada and Arizona and also Canada to be in this event. If you go online, oh, wow. yeah, go and go to YouTube. Just Google uh, Purist Group Winter Drive 2018. You get to see oh, everything. It's from JDN, from Euro, from Porsche, Lamborghini, Konasex, and Pagani. This is crazy stuff. That's awesome. That's awesome, man. I love the cause that, that you guys are doing it for. So that's awesome. Really helping people yeah. out. Yeah, it's been fun. And you know, and the funny thing about people are like, can I donate money? No, I don't take money, but it's, we've never done fundraising. So to come to this show, they have to donate, uh, donate toys to get in. So that's it's 100% awesome. it's it's free. You know, just coming and, pay and, and drop a $10 toy and bring your whole family in. Great, great car days. That's great. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, hey, you know, it, um, thanks for sharing with us, you know, the whole ethos 
and spirit behind purists. And you know, I have to say, you know, I'm, I'm I would be honored to be a purist uh, member. So you know, that, you already are. Yeah. So <laughs> thank you. Um, but hey, 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 guys, thanks for hanging out, and this was awesome. I think. Well, I don't want to see any more cars because I think we get we want to devote like you know each an episode to each car. So I don't want to I don't want to go through a whole bunch of cars and okay. and just get bits and pieces. That that FC was a great tour. That was cool. worth it. So thanks for showing your cool car. Thanks for sharing your your wisdom and 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 perspective, Sean. And thank you. Let's thank hang you. out again soon. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, Joey. All right. Stay safe, guys. All right, thanks for tuning in to Sung's Garage. Now, I hope you enjoyed this episode of Your Car, My Car. I really love Sean's definition of a purist, that your heart should be pure to help others. And as a car group of people, to combine our resources to help impact our community in a positive way. I hope we can all strive to be purists. As always, let's all continue to stay indoors if possible and stay safe during these tough times. For all those medical first responders or essential people helping, I truly send my thanks to all of you. All right, y'all be good. Sam, we give a shout out to all the people that made Songs Garage possible. We got producers Anson Ho, Sal Gatdula, Gary Lee, Aaron Strongoni. We got music by the one and only talented Lyrics Born. And we got food, catering, and hugs and love by Mickey M. All right, thank you very much. And also, all of you guys that are listening. Till next time, peace out. See you at Song's Garage.